All right. So before we get into all of the things that we want to discuss today, I need to make an administrative note real quick. Um, for the astute who listened to episode 32 of this fine quality program, you'll notice that the title doesn't relate to anything within the episode. And that is entirely my fault because I took the show notes from episode 33, 32 that we recorded and placed the audio for episode 33. Oh, that's great. So by the time you hear this, it will be fixed. But for close to a week, actually, I haven't fixed it yet. I just discovered it this morning as we record that uh, 32 and 33, I flipped them around. And I would like to blame my incompetence in getting off of the Mac OS beta and how much of a garbage fire that was. But I don't know. I, I can't blame anyone but myself on that one. So, yeah. Sorry, I guess. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> it happens, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that I made it 32 episodes without totally screwing things up so that's i mean that's worth something i think so i don't listen to our podcast episodes because it's weird when you're the one speaking and you're just like let me hear a conversation i already had but it recorded Mm -hmm. so i would have never noticed that unless somebody made a comment yeah and no one's commented so far so either you don't read the show notes y'all or you have and you thought it was weird but didn't think too much of it that's fine too but no, I don't. The only time I listen to it is back going through editing, and right. that's a single pass, basically. Like, I don't put a ton of effort into editing editing the shows. I may see that makes it sound like I don't care, but <laughs> it's it's intentional in that you know I want things to be casual and yeah, kind of low key, right? Like this is not a highly produced show on purpose. So yeah, exactly. There's, there's no point in me spending copious amounts of hours to edit a show, so. If a show is an hour long, I might spend 90 minutes on it in total, right? Like that's, yeah, you know. That makes sense. And that's that that's practically it. So I don't know. I mean, it seemed a little weird. It, it, it really didn't occur to me when I was going to the show and I had the notes up and I'm like, why haven't we talked about crunchy sweaters and stuff and fall leave? Like, eat it. Like I'm, we, we, I superimposed the episodes of the, the thing you're not building. Right. Which we'll get to later. The thing you're not building. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the episode about uh, Swedish vibes and fall oh, sweaters yeah. and stuff H- like that. Huga. Right? Huga, yes. right. So it, it seemed a little odd. I'm like, where in this episode did we mention that? But I didn't like think maybe I just I was like, maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Right. Like I'm I'm only like half listening, really. Like I'm I'm listening. It's more for like for obvious... the quality of the audio more so than the content of the audio. Right. Like I'm listening for obvious things like, you know, Dylan's trademark pausing for five seconds before finishing his sentence kind of stuff. You like that? Do I actually do that? <laughs> it's not five seconds, no. But there are there are Is cases. it longer? <laughs> it's <laughs> you would never know because you don't listen to the show. No. Um no it's not that bad. It's, okay, it's maybe maybe two seconds at a time. Which yeah. is it's it's easy to spot. Because, you know, there's there's a clear section of you saying words and right. then pause and then you'll say a word and then you'll pause and then you'll keep picking it up again. So like I could I could after doing this for what, nine months, I can yeah. I can look at the timeline and see where you've done that and, and quickly pick it out. So nobody nice would really know this pattern. Yeah, it, it's now I'm going to be like great. super conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're very I think I do that because I'm looking for the right word 
or phrase to use in real time. Like sometimes words just like, it's like sometimes like sentences literally just flow perfectly out of my mouth. I'm like, I sounded so smart just now. Other times like, mm, I'm not sure what to say here, but like I get what I'm trying to convey. I just don't know how to like fully convey it or concisely convey it. So sure. yeah, I pause. <laughs> sure. No, that's fine. And it's, and that's very clear. Like it's, it's not like you're just, you have this weird speech thing, right? Yeah. So although I, I do stutter at times, I'm a little, I'm a little quiet here. Am I a little quiet to you? No, you're like perfect to me. In oh. every way, shape, or form. Oh, thank you. I just I look quiet <laughs> on the waveform. I don't know. I feel like maybe you're the one who's loud. I don't know. I might just be loud. Yeah, you are loud. I've been known okay. to project my voice. Yeah. What do you project it onto? Uh, the world, reality. I don't know. This thing called a simulation that we all live in. Uh, two second pauses at a time. Am I right? Damn, that's rude. But I like I it. I know. I'm... <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a mood this week. Like this is Are you? this is just What's going on this, this week? Uh I think I think ultimately I'm I'm over I mean it's very hand wavy to say, but I'm just I'm over this year. Like everything that's okay. like kind of just happened this year, I'm kind of just overhearing about it. You know, like yeah. I've I've gotten to the point where I just like uh I don't want any of this anymore. Like can we yeah. just move on with life entirely like right you know i'm 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 especially excited for the election to be over because i'm tired of hearing about that right at least at least it'll change what is discussed as far as politics go like i'm just like oh my god yes i know the election is like five days from now cool i can count too bud like i don't care i already voted it's over for me. I think that's part it's of it. over like, for me. <laughs> right. I, I, I voted like two weeks ago, practically. Like I'm done hearing about it. I wish there was a way I could turn it off because right. it, even if I wanted to, I could not change my, my mind because right. my, my vote was already counted. So, so I'm kind of with you there where, so I, I create my own kind of bubble. Like I don't have cable TV cause I don't think you need it. Um, I, I, so you know how people like, non-technical people especially in the media like put down algorithms they're like oh facebook's algorithm is blah 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 i'm like uh you know what you can't do with algorithms you can train them so like literally i like i intentionally on whatever platform i am on if i know that they have an algorithm i will literally train it <laughs> to show me only positive awesome nerdy things and i will like hardcore downvote dislike whatever the negative kind of reward function is for that yeah. that platform like if I'm like, I wasn't excited to look at it. No, you're getting pushed down, man. Um, but in doing so, it's kind of made a lot of this less a pain in the butt. But but I am kind of at a point where I am literally just longing to go to any event without a face mask on. That would be great. Like if I could do literally if I could do if oh my God, like if I could just walk into a building, say hey to somebody with no mask on would die of happiness. I feel, I feel restricted. I understand. And I'm about it, but I am very much just over it. <laughs> yes. yes. That's all I can say. No, I can't say like even the people that I follow on, like my only social media account that I really actively am on is Instagram. Like I, we, I go on Facebook cause we have a big Facebook group, but that's literally it. Um, and even then I will routinely unfollow people and only follow people that are like 
heavily optimistic in the future or like actively building a better future, right? It's like, oh, that's cool. Like that gets me kind of pumped. Therefore, I will, you know, add more of those types of people to my, you know, my perception bubble, if you will. So it's it's helped. It's definitely helped stave off a lot of that stuff, but it does get to a point where it's kind of frustrating because <laughs> it's all like negative stuff being thrown at you. Um, I, I, I can say like on the flip side to your point of having just like a terrible week, I've had an awesome week. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Cause we're like, we're, yeah, well, like I've done enough validation for this next thing that, and I've, I've like boiled it down, thrown it into notes, like concised everything is concise a word. I don't know. We're going to roll with it. Um, I've clarified it. I concised it. Exactly. I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) It's probably not. But I clarified, which is the correct term, all the feedback on our assumptions, what we thought we should do. And like, there are differences, but happy to say like we are on the right track. And so now we're wrapping up this aura feature that we've been working on for a handful of weeks. So I get to write the support docs for that. Now we, you know, we're doing QA testing with it last night. Um, it's ready. We'll get that rolled out. That's going to dramatically help Aura as a product. And then we get to kind of shift over into building a new MVP for this next product. And or it's really not a product, but a platform. And that's exciting. It's exciting to have all these visions for the thing you want to build in your mind um, and have actual potential client feedback on it or customer feedback on it. And then shift over to let's build it, you know, <laughs> like we're like literally mm-hmm. as soon as this code is pushed to production, we are immediately hiring one product, de- um, one product designer, um, one backend engineer, and then one front end engineer, ideally within like two weeks. I know you keep saying that, but I'm going to wear you down one day. dude. <laughs> um, I told you. The, the the standing the standing hurdle for you is not me it's my wife so we've, well, we've discussed get this. her on the pod man let's 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 uh, talk this thing out i want to social engineer the crap out of your wife <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell her that because then she's primed um i know right <laughs> Dylan, um, social engineer just jonathan's wife <laughs> now jonathan is moving <laughs> i love it but but it's exciting like i feel like we're finally in like we're we're, we're shifting back over into like company building mode and that's what i enjoy i really don't enjoy like this like maintenance mode of you're just doing the daily task right like yeah we're still growing like that's awesome but like i'm not like we're not building anything over the past like few months um which was by you know intention and design but that gets old after a while so once you kind of see the horizon is like oh crap we get to finally build this thing and like you know, hire people like we're going to double the size of the the employee count, so to speak, um, in the next like two to three weeks. Like that's insane. That is literally awesome, and like that gets me super pumped. We've kind of decided based on what we're building that it doesn't necessarily make sense to exit in the way we thought we would. Um, there's actually only a, like really one. Yeah, there's there's two ways we could exit this next thing um, as a company, but the one that makes the most sense at a certain scale, which is the scale we want to take it to is to IPO. Like that's kind of our only option past a certain like threshold. Like Mm -hmm. if we could, if we wanted to exit before that threshold, we could do like a regular traditional PE exit or or be acquired by, you know, a a larger platform kind of a thing, but I, I want to build it bigger. So like, that's pretty exciting. Now it's like, Oh, we could 
take a company public and like that's a real thing now. Like that's an actual conversation that is on the table that is feasible and it gets you kind of pumped, man. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I really enjoy the the company building phase. Like that is what gets me out of bed. Would you, would you take VC money? Um, it's kind of TBD. I, I would be open to it only when it made sense. Um, the cool thing is there, there's, there's a, there's a stair stepper approach, right? So one, you build, you build a decent product, right? It's profitable. You could sell that. Product. Ideally that's, that's, right. that's usually the first step, right? Right. Um, so you could theoretically exit that product for a decent multiple, take that cash, roll it back into the company and use that as self-funding, right? So there, there's some you know financial engineering <laughs> that could happen. Um, we're only going to do that, obviously, when it strategically makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I'd be open to it. And, and we've already had discussions. So um, nothing is in due diligence. Nothing is serious. It's just kind of networking, um, you know, pitch decks and all that, all that fun stuff. But sure, uh, sure. yeah, it's, it's just, on the table. It's real. I was just going to suggest or mention before we move on to the things that are probably more interesting or maybe not um, that I, I, I know a guy that works in VC that I used to work more closely with on a, on a day-to-day basis in the corporate world that uh, might be interested in the thing you're not building. So yeah, if that, no, do, if it, that do ever, an intro. Yeah. If that, I, uh, so we, we approach it as, you should be raising money when you don't need money. Sure. And like, you know, it doesn't sound like you need money at the moment. Exactly. So it's a good time to, to have conversations, right? Because <laughs> when you don't need it, you now have leverage for better terms, right? When you need need it, well, okay, now you don't have the power seat, right? Now it's, okay, well, we're going to take a little bit more equity. But when you don't need it and people just want to be a part of what you're going to build and they want to be in super early and you, you're like, hey, we're self-funded, like we're good. <laughs> um, they're willing to bend on the equity side or on the valuation side, right? So basically, you know, this, the, the timing of which you do a lot of things in, in a company like the one we're building, I think matters. Um, you always want to be doing things in a season, so to speak, when it's favorable to you. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, we look at that. We were able to turn it into something that's actually useful. I love it. (laughs) Knowledge. There's your knowledge. There's always nuggets, man. Brought to you by the dark and sad world that's outside my window right now <laughs> because it's 8 12 a.m and time hasn't changed yet that's so early it's literally it so dark like this morning though almost oh noon. <laughs> i was i know right this is this is the one day of the week where i have to be up by a certain time <laughs> <laughs> that's great like i'm generally up at about the same time every day but right. for this i have to be up and with it by 8 a.m., like fully, right. you know, like ready, RTG, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> RTG. Um, the the rest of the week, I can be up, but like I can be like casually, like, you know, chewing on emails or right. chewing through emails, chewing on emails, through on. I'm trying to think of which one. I would, I would go, I, well, it depends on the context, right? If you're just trying to get through to inbox zero, I would say through. If you're like handling That's a fair. hardcore email, I would say on. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Chewing. Yeah, chewing through. Either way, you're probably just chewing. better. You're chewing. I'm I'm chewing. Emails are being chewed. Nice. Um, you know, working on things like all right, every generally every morning for maybe twenty or thirty minutes or so, I'll poke through the news and see what's see what's interesting for the newsletter. Which, by right. the way, you know, rest in peace, Dylan's AMZ. <laughs> yes, it has um, been shut down. I, you, I uh, if, 
If you want a different newsletter, you can go to GiveMeYourDangEmail.com and I'll happily take your email instead. <laughs> I, I still love that domain. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. I, you know, it's funny because I got to a point where that was such a fun project and then you you start to get enough on your plate where you have to say no more than yes. And mm-hmm. I am now at that point where I have to say no more than yes to yeah. a lot of things. And I have to actually compare them at, at basically an ROI level, right? So like, right. was it fun to do? Yeah. Did it drive any like financial ROI? No, it, it really didn't by design, although it could have at scale. Um, but it just got to a point where it's like, you know, even the, the 30 minutes to an hour a week I spend on it, that could still be used for, for hiring that would have a positive ROI for, you know, doing competitor research. Um, like I was doing this morning, for the new platform, right? There, there's, there's so many better ways to spend that time. Um, even to the extent of right now, all of my meals, at least Monday through Friday are fully like, I'm not even meal prepping anymore. They're just delivered to me. Cause check this out. I realize they, what I, are they delivered? Pre-prepped. Uh, pre-prepped. You just have to heat them up. Correct. Correct. Nice. nice. So my thought process here was like, yes, it costs more money per month to do this. However, it immediately saves me 35 hours per month okay. of my time, right? So what's really cool is I am now able to reclaim and reuse 35 hours at a cost basis of like five and some change per hour, right? So it's like, is my time worth more than you know, let's just round it up six bucks per hour. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, even if that's just like productive downtime, uh, that works too, right? So I'm getting really kind of like stringent and picky about like where I spend my time. I think early on, like like you should, you, you kind of just say yes to everything. And then eventually there's just so many more impactful, important things that you have to just start saying like, hey, like it would be fun to do that, but like I just can't justify it relative to, you know, something else. It's, it's pure opportunity costs like at scale. That makes sense. I can see that. I've, I've done services similar to that, especially when I was single and living alone. Right. <laughs> already starting off on a great, great foot there. Yes. Uh, when I was, when I was all by myself in my apartment with my cats, boy, that's even getting, we're getting even better. Sounds there. lovely. He says with <laughs> sadness in his voice. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I did a service like that. I don't know what you're using, but I used a service called Freshly. Yep. Fresh L-Y, which is yep. all one word. Uh, and it was, it was fine. I think it's probably better now. It seems like they have more of a variety now. I think I yeah, they're quitting it because the variety big. was kind of lacking. Yeah, they're and, pretty big now, so they have a lot of like buyer powers, so to speak. So yeah. um, James actually uses Freshly. I use a different one. Um, I, I do one that's, it's a little bit more expensive, but it's got more like, it's all like grass fed beef and like organic free range mm. chicken and stuff like that. So a little bit like higher quality food. Do you want to um, plug them so I can put them in the show notes? Yeah. I use metabolic meals. Um, I think, I think I've seen an ad for that. Yeah. They're pretty good. Metabolic um, yeah. Meals. Metabolic meals. My only caveat to using them is the portions are not that big right so like some of the meals i have the calories there are only like 400 and so it's like you want to feast i don't want to feast but like i'm trying to eat at least at maintenance <laughs> you know <laughs> so like because i do huel in the morning so huel is pretty awesome I, it, honestly it's not bad yeah. um yeah. i mean <laughs> i i'm I, I i gave it a shot and i think okay. my 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 beef with it or lack thereof was 
the it was the texture like i just couldn't get oh, gotcha. past yeah, yeah sure the way it felt in my mouth okay. not a show title um That's it great. just <laughs> there was something about it i think part of it had to do with like the chia seeds and like the the graininess of it like there were sure. particles that don't really like they were unexpected you can't break them down in a blender you know because they're sure. just too small you know so i get the pre-packaged ones like i don't get the powder um, oh, okay. So there yeah, might, I, I haven't tried that one. So that might be a difference there. Um, so I have it set to where every two weeks I get a case of 12, they're pre-bottled. So I'm not having to do like a shaker. Gotcha. I literally just grab them from the fridge in the morning and in less than two minutes, I have 400 calories and breakfast is done. So, cool. you know, you're able to take breakfast from, let's say 10, 15 minutes down to two. Okay. Well, that's some reclaimed time. Even if that's just me being able to sleep an extra 15 minutes, I'll take it. Um, and fuel is re- relatively cheap. Um, so even if I didn't do the pre-done meals, I would still do fuel for breakfast. Cause like who really wants to wake up and like think through all that? Like, even though I would eat the exact same thing, like I would still have to cook it. So sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of so thinking hard. through my time. And what's so is like, I enjoy cooking. Like I'm a great cook. Like, you know, I pretty much eat the exact same thing every day anyways, just to make it easier so I can batch like meal prep. But I don't know, man, I'm just thinking through my time a little bit more. Being a little, this week's a little episode stringent. brought to you by Huel. Just kidding, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Get ten percent yeah. off your first Huel order right. by going to Huel.com slash Dylan. Exactly, but but I'm trying to think it through, man, because like we're we're about to shift over into like a big deal, and I'm I want to be able to effectively put in eighty hours a week. Like, <laughs> I, but I'm serious. Like, <laughs> this is such like a massive project that. Yeah, no, I believe it. I, 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 I just, mean, that's why I moved my entire life, right? I came here to work to build a a massive company, so let's go ahead and do it right. So, you know, if I can save 35 hours a month and put that somewhere else and still eat healthy and reduce decision fatigue and all that stuff, it's definitely a solid win. I'm just I'm just chuckling because, you know, I I personally know very few people in my, in my, at least in my close circle who would willingly say, you know, that their, their goal is to be able to efficiently put in 80 hours a week, whatever <laughs> they're doing. Right. Like there's usually, sure, sure. there's like 80 hours of time consumed, but it's not on one thing. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. It, it's, it is, it's interesting to hear from the perspective of I'm doing this on purpose right. because I have the capacity to do so not, mm-hmm. I'm putting in eight hours a week because sure. I don't have a choice and my life sucks. You know what I mean? Well, and that, right. And I, I think they're like, like we talk about the fact that there's a difference between building a business and building a company. Right. And there's, there's definitely a difference between building a cash flowing lifestyle business and building a company you can exit for at least a hundred million. Like they're just fundamentally different. Right. So it, it's, it's difficult. And I, I get the whole, you know, like, like, life work balance and like I, I get that but there there's just some shit you can't get out of there's just some level of work input that you just can't avoid to actually compete at a high level and i think that's the thing right it's like a lot of business owners are like oh you shouldn't have to do that I'm like i'm not saying you should I'm, I'm, I'm not actually prescribing it to anybody but the simple fact is when you're attempting to play at the level we are attempting to play that's what we have to do because our competition doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like our competition is larger than us, more funded than we are. So what's our competitive advantage? Well, we're young. We have a lot of time. We're energetic. And I think we're pretty smart. Okay. 
let's use that to our advantage, right? If I can get done in six months, what it takes another company to get done in 12, that's a competitive advantage. We're moving faster. Now, I don't expect everybody on the team to do that, but as one of the founders, yeah, 100%. Now, is that going to happen every single time or every single week? No. But when it needs to be done, it will be done. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes it will, right? So it's just, I, I'm trying to, to create enough buffer in my personal administrative life to where when we have to do that, it's a non-issue. And it's actually not a negative. It's just different. Yeah. No, I definitely, and then I'm, I'm really just over here to provide the color and kind of sass back at you and say more, more <laughs> just words. Just sass and, back at me. I like it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So newsletters, um, <laughs> we are, there is, if there is one thing about this show that's very consistent is we, we diverge very quickly from yes. whatever it was we were discussing. I am a ranter. I've learned that about my life. <laughs> I I gave up trying to keep Dylan on topic. I kind of no, just go doesn't with work. it at that point. But yeah, anyways, newsletters. So I was a little bummed to see AMZ Weekly uh, get uh, get shelved, so to speak. But yeah, um, I mean, it's you know, all all good things must come to an end, and it is, you know, if you don't have the time and the the cycles to do that, like, there's literally no reason why you should be forcing yourself to do it. Like, if it's if it's not something, you know, that is making you a ton of money, if not any money, like, it's okay. It's all right to turn it off. And for yep. a bit, I had actually considered um, shelving the sellerjournal.com. Uh, okay. Or rather just sellerjournal.com. There is no the there. But, um, you know, one thing I one thing I realized is that it for me, it's it's a nice outlet for being able to vaguely discuss cool e-commerce things and kind of, you know, scratch that itch, so to speak. Like I could, right. I could talk to you about it, but I'm sure you would like to hear from other people from time to time besides myself and <laughs> me just spamming you with a bunch of random links about random e-commerce things. I'm sure you right, right. get old pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it I really did think about shutting it down for a bit and realized I like this outlet. And if it doesn't ever make me a single dollar, which isn't true, it does actually make me money. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, that's okay because yeah. it's, it, it fills that, that need I have that void I have. And it almost, almost really is a void in that, right. You know, it's, these are topics that I find interesting and I believe there are people out there that also find them interesting. So, hey, let's kind of build a little community and let's let's go nuts, right? It's never it, it was never supposed to be like a like an income stream or anything of the sort. But I do feel lucky in that a couple of posts that I wrote over the last year do receive a significant amount of traffic. But one specifically is how to get a free thermal printer and labels from the United Parcel Service, otherwise known as UPS. That one gets, to me, seems like a lot. It gets about 3,500 unique visits a month, which is, for its very specific topic, is, to me, seems pretty appealing, interesting, if you will. And then the second is a, uh, a list of the six uh, 
subjectively best uh, banks for new businesses starting in e-commerce. And that one does actually generate me money every month, which is wild. Um, to a, an effect of, uh, there's a conversion rate is like 13%. That's not bad. On one of the, one of the affiliate links, which is to me that seems like a lot like i when it when the reports first started coming in and i'm like wow that's really high god i hope i don't get banned or something because that's <laughs> suspicious right right like and it just it kind of stayed that way and then the, the the all the numbers started finalizing and then the the paypal deposits started happening I'm like okay i guess this is actually real like people are it's actually real. signing up for it <laughs> and right. I know I give you a hard time about pausing, but I just pause, take a sip of coffee. So I guess I'm, I'm just as guilty, but yeah, hypocrite. Um, you know, I went back and looked and I'm, I was trying to figure out like, what, what about this is actually so like interesting enough. Cause like, I kind of just wrote it spur of the moment. Sure. You know, I didn't really create some massive plan. Like I, I, I jotted down like six banks that I had looked at personally Right. And a couple of like vague notes about what I liked and what I didn't like. And then I just kind of mm-hmm. wrote something out based on that. Like it was yeah. maybe 20 minutes worth of planning for, for the post. Like it wasn't sure. anything. It wasn't meant to be some masterfully crafted thing, but I went back and looked at it. And I'm like, I can see, I can see why people would actually be interested in this. Like why, why it's actually important because, you know, when I was shopping around for banks, you know, I I had a specific set of needs that seems like a lot of institutions don't really account for. You know, the bank I'm with now, I'm partially with them because they give me two years of transaction free or fee free transactions with Stripe. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Solid. Like, just based on that alone, I will absolutely right. take that, right? Because that's like, it was like $500 per year in savings, right? Okay. Yep. You give me nothing else. And all of a sudden now I have potentially 500 more dollars than I started. I'll take it, you know? And then there are things like, you'll appreciate this, uh, like, what is it? $20,000 in free segment.io credits. Oh, segment.com. Yeah, um, I don't have a need for it yet, but when I do, it'll be there. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars <laughs> right. in segment credit is a lot, you know. So little things like that, right? Like I, you know, when I had note noted it originally in the post, I didn't really think too much of it. But right, and I, going back and looking at it, it stood out to me that this is the only one on the list that's like actually good. Yeah, it like, stands out, which those, makes it a conversion increasing thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like it like when I wrote it, like I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm like, oh, here's this one. I I like this one because it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this one thing I like this because if you want a regular bank, this is probably your best choice. You know, like just kind of like vague hand wavy stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I realized that there is one that actually really does stand out here. Like and it and and it's working. It's it's converting. It's converting at a substantial rate. And the Googles uh really has taken to it as well. And I don't know. Like once I once I started seeing that something was actually being generated like financially from all of this effort. I was like, I can't I have no reason to shut it down now. Like even if it just stays in its current state forever, like this is practically evergreen content. Like, yeah, exactly. Why would I turn this off? This is I mean, you know, yeah. it's only generating me money to the tune of maybe like 
200 $300 a month, but that's actually a lot. For, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, for, for websites that just have content with links in them, like yeah, for one post to be generating that kind of money, like ooh, how do I make more of that? Right. <laughs> right. Ultimately, I don't know. I feel like I kind of, you know, I, it was a fluke that this worked out as well as it did, but mm-hmm. even just that by itself, you know, that, that is an entry point into the other parts of the project that I like doing that maybe doesn't generate money, right? Like, exactly. the, like the newsletter, right? I maybe only have, you know, numbers to the, to the hundreds of subscribers, but I know a significant percentage of them actually open it every week. So I'm going to keep doing it. If people are right. going to keep opening it and reading it, then I'm going to keep doing it. And that's ultimately what it came down to. So I've found a routine that works well enough for me in the morning. I'm poking around the news, looking for things that are relevant, add them to my reading list in Safari. That seems to be the quickest. And I'll pick your brain on this. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe after the show. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, talk workflows. <laughs> the, the quickest way to kind of just quickly add it to a list so I can come back on Saturday yeah. and craft it and schedule it for a Sunday morning release. And that's it. You know, right. it's it, the work. It, it works well enough. There are, I I wish there would be ways to make it better, but you know, I got you fam. All right. I, I, I appreciate that. But you know, I can, I can also see a point where if I just didn't have any more time, I would be okay with letting it go just right. because, you know, to me, there's a difference between the newsletter that goes out every week and the content that I've written that is yeah. available on the public internet. So as it stands now, everything's going to stay as it is. I'm, Working on a way to make past uh, past issues of the newsletter available to okay. people who subscribe to the newsletter. Um, so nice. you, know, you have to have an account and stuff like that. But you can go back and see past things we've talked about. And I'm trying to shift the content to be more discussion-oriented rather than just, here's a couple of links. Goodbye. You know? Sure. Or, you know, here's a couple of links on some random quip, right? Like some actual like commentary and discussion on why this is an important thing. Yeah. Stuff like that, right? To hopefully add value. I don't know if it's actually adding value, yep. but you know, whatever. People still read it. So the numbers are going up and to the right. So I'm assuming I'm doing something right. And, you know, I think in a in a way like that kind of secretly keeps me going every week, just seeing sure. that. No, I get that. The numbers I think, are growing. So there, there there's two things I want to highlight. One, the success of a project is determined by you, right? Um for me, AMZ Weekly was never designed to make money, although that was an option. More so, it was an experiment with, could I could I automate an entire newsletter? Like, all I have to do is, like, input the data, and, like, everything is crafted for me, triggered at the exact correct moment, auto-sent. Like, it was a lull between me graduating and then, like, basically, like, I graduated, had, like, three or four days of just kind of like downtime that I needed to fill. Cause I was just so used to having that for class that that's what I did. I started a newsletter with my free time. <laughs> and so one, again, success is just determined by you. Sometimes you should just start a project to, to learn, right? That's what I do with Python. Like I will every few weekends just sit down and try to do something with coding just to learn, just to like, have a new problem to solve, right? Because once you've solved it before, now it's kind of like in your lexicon, so to speak, right? It's in your arsenal. And and I think that's okay. Other times you want to start something to make money. 
Two, I think too many people get caught up on, but it makes money. Why would you shut it down? This is the proverbial, why would anybody sell a profitable business? That's stupid. They're trying to scam you. No, it's because <laughs> they have bigger fish to fry and maybe they want something different out of life than you do. Right. Right? It's like saying you're trying to buy a stock that you think is undervalued. Well, if you are able to buy a stock, that means somebody else is selling it to you. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's so valuable and somebody is selling it to you, do you have that same perspective as the previous analogy? Probably not, right? But people don't think that way. So like, perfect example. When I shut down my Amazon business, it was profitable and made money. It took a lot of time to build. People were like, you're stupid. I was like, that's fine. But you don't understand what I'm giving up. See, what you think I'm doing is I'm giving up this, this you know, level of a business relative to zero, right? Because you think I'm just literally crashing it and doing nothing. But what you're not factoring in is the fact that I am giving up that business to start a business that literally in six months will be the exact same size in terms of revenue, but more profitable, which means in 12 months, assuming a linear growth rate will be double the size of my previous business. So people don't understand the fact that like you should be giving up some things that are profitable. You should give up the thing that is making you a grand a month to go start something that's going to make you five to 10 grand a month. Sometimes it's just a freaking opportunity cost problem, right? And there are times where, yeah, even if it's passive, if it takes up a little bit of your mental capacity, that's a context switch, right? So you get to a point where you're trying to build something dramatically, exponentially larger. You can't afford all those little context switches. You you don't you can't really afford the time to be like, oh yeah, I need to do that real quick because you're like, I have so many other things that's way more important. Like who cares, <laughs> you know? So it's 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 a weird place to be at because um, it's uncomfortable at first, but you're playing at a different ballgame, right? This is why I've always said play chess, not checkers. This is a chess move, right? When I shut down my Amazon business, it was a calculated chess move. But people keep trying to play checkers. They're like, no, you're only looking at the first order of my decision, which is I shut down my Amazon business. What you're not considering is the second order of that decision. I shut down my Amazon business, which freed me up time-wise to finish my finance degree and start a software company, of which that would not have happened if the first decision was not made. And so you you should always, this is a mental model, right? You should always be checking out decisions from a, of course, a first, but more importantly, a second and third order. So because I made this decision, what happens? Okay, well, because of that happened, then what happened because of that, right? Like you you chase down the logic, so to speak, of that decision because yeah, in the short term, it might be terrible, but in the long term, it actually could be dramatically, dramatically positive. And so like, I like reading sites like Farnham Street, um, fs.blog, I believe is the, is a URL now. And, and he talks about a ton of mental models, right? Like Occam's razor, um, Hanlon's razor, um, entropy, like learn these things because it's going to help you make smarter decisions, right? And, and too many business owners are stuck in that, that first order short term mentality and, this is why I don't like the whole like hustle culture because that's all you're doing. You're not you're you're literally just instinctively playing checkers now. Like I'm hustling. I'm in the day to day. I'm like, well, why don't you get out of the day to day so you can make smarter damn decisions? <laughs> because while you're here, sitting here hustling, you know, you could be taking a step back, analyzing the entirety of what you are doing, the second order of some decisions, and making smarter decisions that would have a larger impact in half the time. 
and it's different, man. This is why I always talk about like growth levers and and bottlenecks. There's always one decision that if if you make that one decision in terms of like solving your biggest growth lever or finding your biggest growth lever, every other decision in aggregate put together would not equate to the same amount, right? One smart decision can overshadow hustle for months, but people don't want to think that way. People don't want to think critically. And so I, I think, and the reason why I wanted to highlight that is I think you should, right? I think it's completely acceptable to be like, yeah, it makes it make some money. But if you don't, if you're only doing it for the money and like, you know, maybe you should shift now to your point, you enjoy it though. You're not like to you, seller journal is not about the money. That's just gravy on top. That's just cool. You do it as an outlet. That's what's up. Right. And so like, I have a personal blog at dylancarter.com and like, I write about my nerdy stuff there. I don't even check the stats. I don't care. That's an outlet for me. And a lot of the stuff that I write is not like just personal. It's like, here's how I approach it. Like I literally wrote a six page paper on how to do inbox zero. Cause I got sick of people not being able to do it. You know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't for any, I mean, it was for other people. Like I hope people like read it, but at the end of the day, I was like, I just need to get this out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I need to make even my system more concise. Right. Cause writing is a good outlet for thinking. And yeah. so I can, you can I, have it for that. And I, I, I firmly can relate to that. Like I, I firmly, I can feel those, I can firmly feel those feelings, man. That sounds even worse telling you this week is just garbage i need to write the whole thing off anyways um i can relate to that in what 2016 i guess it was 16 now god it's been so long um i have yet another site i've owned uh jonathan.org for years now right the the site in its form has existed since 2014 um and for for a long time i was writing every morning like I had a, nice. my, my morning routine involved getting up at four 30, uh, you know, getting ready, doing all that stuff from five to about five twenty every morning. I'd sit down in front of the computer and I would write something, block something. Right. And I did that for probably three or four months. My, my routine changed and it, it didn't really fit well anymore. I think for me, like I, I really tried to get back into it after my routine changed, meaning my job and where I lived changed. Like everything about my life practically changed. I, I couldn't fit it in there anymore. And I realized yeah. that I used it not because I liked blogging every morning. I used it because it helped me like tune my mind, so to speak. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it, you, well, it, it, it enables right you to space. get clarity, right? Yeah. Because um, I went through that phase too at one point when I was kind of like, trying to figure out like who I was and like what the hell I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> who are I you, would, Dylan? Yeah, literally like I would go to Starbucks every single day and I would write for hours. Um, I started experimenting with nootropics. I started playing around with different business ideas and I would just write about it. I'd be like, yeah, hey, I learned this today and like, here's my thoughts on it. Or, you know, I, I came across this and then that, that kind of thinking, cause I think it, it's, yes, you're writing, but you're, you're having to think critically um, to convey certain ideas. And when you do it correctly, you just come out smarter, man. I mean, you, you just, you, you develop your own ideas about yeah. things, your own views, your own perspective, right? Because right. you're having to convey that yourself. You can be like, Oh, this person says this and I kind of disagree. And here's why. Okay, cool. Write about that. Like talk about it. Right. Um, right. And it's not necessarily for the externality of it. It's not so other people can read it and think you're smart. It's literally for you now. Yeah. Are there external benefits? Absolutely, dude. Like, of course, like James, and I only recently found this out because, you know, 
initially when I was running the Amazon wholesale business, I was reaching out to everybody on Instagram who had wholesale. I was like, I will pay you for your time. Help me scale from six to seven figures. And James checked out my blog and was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm willing to have a conversation with you. And then now we're running a large software company that we're, you know, ideally going to IPO, right? So like there is some externality to it. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say that there's not, but that's not the point, right? That's again, that's just gravy. If it makes you money, gravy. If it helps yeah. you get better connections, gravy. The point is that it is therapeutic <laughs> at the of end course. of the day. Of um, course. And it doesn't and have to, to be this polished thing, man. Like literally just like a shit WordPress theme, your thoughts, no SEO, just freaking write. <laughs> I like that idea. I mean, that, I mean, and that's, that's ultimately how it all got started. And to, yeah. Finish, finish the story that I deviated from all by myself. Um, in 2016, I, you know what the Raspberry Pi is, right? The oh, heck yeah, dude. Device. I got one. Yeah, I got a Model B, I think. I have, well, I have six. So, what? Uh, dude, we need to talk. Really. I never knew that. Well, I know, dude. I, I keep, <laughs> actually, I have two hardware projects I want to work on. Actually, I want to build a automatic flushing device for my toilet. Oh, um, just because it sounds like a fun project and you're using like, um, sensors and inputs and a decent amount of yeah. not a decent amount but like some good logic right you gotta think what kind of sensors stuff. are you using dylan where are you where are you sticking those sensors huh so i'm thinking about doing an ultrasonic um <laughs> distance center at the back of the bowl and then it reads whenever you cross a certain threshold of distance it then toggles uh-huh. on a function and like pings it every like five seconds in the moment you're now outside of that. It just triggers a servo that pulls up the flap, which, cause that's all your bowl actually does. Like most of them, at least you, it just pulls a flap and that's what flushes it. And literally just a, a server motion detector. That's what yeah, you're describing. Dude. Yeah. A poop it's gonna detector. Be, it's going to be legit, man. Pretty pumped. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, I'll get, I'll finish this story. I swear. Um, in, in 2016, I, I had acquired some pies I think I only had one at the time, but the current project I had was I want to be able to stream um, like a live, a live feed of my pets while I'm not. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like I want to build my own system to do this. Right. Sure. So I had a webcam attached to a Raspberry Pi hooked up to the internet and I wanted to like the easiest way I could figure out to do it was to first stream to just a private YouTube link. Right. Um, and I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do any of this. Like, how do how do you do this on Linux? How do you how do you take the input from the webcam and throw it out on the internet? Like, and I ended up writing three or four, probably two to three thousand word blog posts on Jonathan.org for everything that I had figured out in the process. Like, first, like here, you know, here's like here's how you use FFmpeg for this very obscure random thing, and. Here's if you're using the Raspberry Pi, you need to make sure to note about this particular hardware encoding weirdness. And here's if you see this error, guess what? It means X, Y, and Z. And now you're going to have to do all of these extra steps, like all of this stuff that I stumbled across, like just in trying to figure out, like over the course of several weeks. Then I wrote it all down, right? Like because I feel like if if it took me this much effort to figure it out, like just in the moment, I'm certain because of the nature of that device, like there's somebody else out there trying to figure this out too. So I I put it all out there, got sucked up by the search engines, blah, blah, blah. And then I started noticing like a, 
rather substantial, relatively for the topic, substantial stream of traffic coming to one specific post. And it was specifically on how to do the the stream, the the take a video feed and put it on the internet part of the process, right? Apparently, that's a more common thing than I ever thought it would be. And I think still to this day, people are looking it up. And I'm pretty sure it works. I actually haven't tried it in four years. I don't know if it actually works <laughs> right. anymore. But like I started right. seeing like references to various Raspberry Pi message boards. People were like, oh, I found this article here. And they, they linked this and I did that. And it looked like it, you know, like all this stuff that kind of just self-proliferated because somebody else happened to have that problem too. And they're like, wow, this is great. And then they shared it, you know, like it's the organic in the most purest form, right? And I never had any kind of intention of trying to become popular with it. But because it was such an interesting project and it was so frustrating to figure out on my own, that alone to me seemed like a good enough reason to write it down. And now I'm glad I did because somebody else out there or many somebodies are now able to benefit from it. And if even if it doesn't completely work at this point, at least it mostly works, right? It gives them, you know, an 80% head start, right? Like I wish I had that. The amount of things I had to kind of do by hand and poke at until something did what I wanted it to do. Like any normal person, I say normal, (laughs) people like you and I are not normal. Right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they would have. They. Would I mean, have, I take it as a compliment. They. They would have given up. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. So, I, so there, there's one thing there that I kind of want to highlight, and it's kind of meta. Um, even if you're a business owner, you're a knowledge worker, right? Like that's pretty much what you are. Like most most people, unless you are straight up working like labor, like manual labor with your hands, you're a knowledge worker. And what's interesting, and it, it didn't hit me until like a few months ago to even start like to learn about that is like, there's not a book or a blog post. That's like, here's how to be an awesome knowledge worker. doesn't exist. Right. So I started to research people, um, eventually found Tiago Forte of, uh, Forte labs. He's got a lot, a lot of good stuff actually. Um, he's created his own frameworks, like the para method for organization. Like, and I'm going through his like modern, he calls it just in time project management, <clears throat> super in-depth kind of academic at times, but he made a few good points. You're, you first have to um, diverge, right? So first you have to go super wide, right? You have a problem. Okay, your first thing is you need to go super wide and find a bunch of potential options. Then you analyze those options. And of course, I'm simplifying here. You analyze those options. You figure out what makes the most sense, what actually works. And then you converge on that solution. What he points to is the fact that you have a bunch of intermediate packets is what he calls them. Basically mini deliverables, right? So one of your deliverables was you did, you, you did that process. You, you researched a bunch of stuff. You found what worked and then you turned it into a deliverable. That is, Hey, I did all that. Here is all that work prepackaged for you. And so even as I'm doing this, these discovery calls with brands, right? Cause we're validating our idea. I know in the back of my mind, I need to go super wide, then converge into what we should be building and what we shouldn't be building. And then what's great is I can I can package that even just into notes and say, hey, team, here's exactly what we need to do. They don't need to go do all the work I already did, right? Like why? It's, it's redundant at that point. So I think it's important. Um, Tiago talks a lot about this idea of a second brain, basically just externalizing your thoughts, your knowledge, your research. Because when you can do that and you have a bunch of these intermediate packets, now you have this, this value 
this valuable asset that you can now kind of share, right? So, you know, the fact that I know now that you're into Raspberry Pi, I didn't know that before. But now I know that you have an asset through which I might want to connect Raspberry Pi to, you know, streaming video. Okay, well, now I know, or let's say I'm, we're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I would want to do that. You're like, oh, dude, dude, I already got a blog post on like, like, here, I'll send that link over to you, right? Like, you just provided value to my life. And I think you can do that at a micro scale, person to person. I think you can do that as, as a macro standpoint, right? Um, a lot of what's helped Aura grow, actually, is the fact that I'm like the only <laughs> repricing founder that goes on webinars, YouTube videos, podcasts, and actually shares the information that I've learned. Intermediate packets, right? Here's exactly what works the best. You don't need to do all the research. You don't need to look at all of our data. The best strategy is X, Y, and Z, and here's why. Done. I can give that to you in 10 minutes. And what's great is I can record that as a video. And if somebody's like, hey, Dunn, like, can you explain the best strategy that would work? Yeah, I actually already did that in a video. It's 30 minutes long. Here you go. You can skip through it, take notes, pause, what all, whatever, right? Now I can send that video to thousands of people, but it doesn't take any more of my time, right? So it's this whole idea of how do you take valuable knowledge, chunk it down into its simplest form, its most valuable form, in my opinion, prepackage it, whether that is straight up like Evernote notes, right? Uh, you're, you're taking book notes. Like This is something I've been doing lately is I will hardcore highlight Kindle books export those those notes or those highlights and actually take real notes on it and i'm saving all this stuff in notion so now if somebody's like oh you read that book what did you think oh it's pretty good actually instead of you needing to read the entire book which you might still want to let me go ahead and send you all of my notes right so now i can turn my notes kind of into a blog post or at least something that is shareable that can provide value even if it's just to me i can go back and instead of me having to reread the entire book I can literally just read my concise notes and be like, oh, that was a good idea. I forgot about that. Let me move forward and execute on that. Um, it's just, it's, it's a completely different way of approaching what we do, which what we do is we find problems, we research or develop solutions, and then we execute on those solutions. Simply put, that's kind of what we do, right? <laughs> like, regardless of if you're in tech or not, most that's what you're doing, fundamentally speaking. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, how do you build, like, what are the meta skills? Let me put it that way. What are the meta skills that would make you better at doing that? Well, it's keyboard shortcuts. It's, it's text expansion. It's like, you know, research apps. You were talking earlier about like, what's a good workflow for you finding things, saving them, and then better getting them into the newsletter. Well, understanding tools like Zapier, Instapaper, Read It Later apps, right? Um, Airtable, these no-code things that actually add value. When you understand those things, now you're more leveraged. You have more leverage to build things that are actually kind of pretty advanced, right, for the average person. Um, this is why I keep saying I know it sounds like not that big of a deal to understand tools like Hazel, Zapier, uh, if, if this, then that. But when you understand the use cases for them, and how it relates to what you do and what your core function is, it becomes important. Like I use Instapaper for read it later because they integrate really, really well. Um, you, you create workflows. I think that's what's important, right? You have to understand that what you do, fundamentally speaking, you can create different workflows for different versions of it or a different instance of what you're doing, right? If I'm doing discovery calls, note-taking, that's kind of important. Um, understanding how to use a CRM so I can track everything. If I want to get more granular on my notes per conversation, I can do that. I understand now that I can dump all that information, understand a pattern and trend, convey that over into a single master note, 
in Evernote. And then when my team goes, what should we do? I go, here's a link, read that. That's what we're doing. And here's why. So now I'm taking all this information, all this feedback, this knowledge of talking with, you know, um, dozens upon dozens of brands. And I can boil that down to a single page and say, that's what we're doing. Well, that's a little bit easier to digest, right? <laughs> when you don't have the context, but, but it's understanding how do you do that? Like a lot of people don't understand actually how to take notes. A lot of people don't understand. I, I mean, it, it sounds comical, but it's true because most people don't take notes, but you just taking notes is better than anything else, right? Like, cause most people are just like, Oh, I'll, I'll remember that. I'm like, no, you won't <laughs> like, you know how terrible your memory is as a human. I promise you, you won't. I've done the research. Like I'm very much into meta learning and I, I can tell you right now, you're not going to remember that shit. Um, and I literally take my daffodil, like you're not going to remember it, <laughs> like externalize everything, <laughs> you know? Um, but when you view and you can, I think labels are important when they're used appropriately, but when you can label yourself as a knowledge worker, you can then start to research using that term, right? How to be a better knowledge worker, um, how to be an efficient knowledge worker, derivatives of the term knowledge worker, right? Um, it gets fun, man. It, it, it basically enlightens you to a whole other sphere <laughs> of, of reality, or at least another perspective of reality, which is, oh, actually, I'm this. I didn't know there's a whole body of research and work talking about how to be better at that. But now that I know I'm that, I can go directly get that information, pull it, research it, understand it, digest it, chew upon it, and then execute with it. And now I'm better because of it. It's kind of important, right? Just a little, just a little, just slightly. So we're getting up to close to an hour on this quality program. And there's one, one outstanding thing that I think you and I should uh, share with the world. Kind of major. Uh, <laughs> something in we've, we've had a lot of conversations uh, offline yes. to use the buzzword about um, things in the pipeline to use another buzzword. Um, and we, we want to ensure the most synergistic experience for it to use another buzz. I'm just making it up now at this point. I love it. Um, essentially what a lot of this is boiling down to is this will be the last episode of welcome to growth. And maybe I should have led the program with that. I don't think you should have, because I think it, it literally illustrates the points we have been making this entire time. Know when to shut something down know when it's a good time to start something new. You got to know and, when to hold them and know when to fold them, Dylan. Yeah. That's a reference. I love it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's true. Um, so with the new project that um, we're diving into, obviously we talked in, the, in this episode about lack of capacity or, or being more effective with the things that you do. We think it's prudent um, to replace this podcast with a branded company based podcast for supporting what we're about to build. Um, I used, you know, wholesale made easy when we first started that as a magical marketing channel for Vindrive and then eventually aura. So we're going to replicate that success at a grander scale. Um, you know, without starting and running two podcasts in parallel, which I don't think really makes the most sense at the current moment, <laughs> which could change. Um, yeah, we're going to start a new podcast. Indeed. So we don't, we don't have any formal announcements about that just yet. I mean, we, we have a, a, a name that we've quietly agreed upon and 
We know roughly what it's going to be about and what kind of people we're going to have on the show. Yes, it won't just be us. I know everyone loves to hear (laughs) us ramble on. I'm sure it's the highlight of your day, but we will have people arguably smarter than both of us talking about things that are awesome. Uh, sorry, I just got an email. And there's going to be like, (laughs) that's great. And there's going to be like literally hardly any talks about Amazon, which I'm oddly pumped about. Our focuses as individuals, not even including the professional side, I think has evolved to something more grandiose than what is just the Amazon space. And I think that's okay, right? I think I think it's smart to evolve over time. I think it's smart to realize that, yeah, you're a big fish in a small pond, but if you want to compete and go at a different scale, like, okay, like, you know, this is what you're going to have to do. And to me, that's exciting. You know, I'm excited to get back to, into a place where I'm learning more. Um, in having tons of conversations with Amazon experts, I find that I'm able to somewhat talk circles around them. Um, not to brag, it's just like I, I get, dude, I've been doing this for years. Like, <laughs> yeah, I see it from so many different perspectives that I'm like, yeah, dude, I already get that. Right. Um, and not much really changes. I'm so sorry to say that, but not a ton really changes. So no, just the dashboard. I, I'm the, yeah, like I'm <laughs> just the dashboard. I'm just the person that I need to consistently be learning. I'm intellectually curious about literally any and everything. And so if I feel like I'm not learning, I kind of just like lose excitement for it. And I think, I think we found a good format in working as co-host, which even just getting that, I think this pod was successful for us. But I think, I think it's about having larger scale conversations. I think it's about talking with people that have started brands that do a billion dollars in annual revenue. I think it's, I think it's seeing things from a different perspective and having frankly higher level conversations. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, No, not at all. I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> I'm not super yeah, no, excited about having to start over, but you know, welcome to startup life. That's kind of what you do. But to Indeed. illustrate the entire point or points that we've made, especially early on in this episode, we are literally executing on what we talked about right now. Yes. And I would like I would I would like to think that all of the topics that we came up with today were related to this announcement, but I'll tell you right now. I did not put those two together in my head like this. It was partially a coincidence. Like these were just things that were outstanding in my mind and they just happened to nicely. It's called getting lucky. Yes. Right. So I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket once we're done recording here. Uh, No, like, and really from my perspective as somebody who, whose, whose world is more or less revolving around like regular work. And then I have all of my side activities you know, it's the the podcast has been an interesting experience, right? Like I, I had always wanted to take points with somebody on a podcast. I never wanted to do it myself. Like Dylan, you know what doing yes. a podcast by yourself, you basically read the news. And if somebody wanted to listen to NPR, they would. Right. So it, it it's not quite the same. Right. Like the the only podcast I enjoy are the the episodic topical ones where there are two or more people just loosely conversing about whatever is in, related to that show, right? And that's what I wanted to replicate. And I feel like we did a pretty good job of it. I think, you know, in our space, we are, we could, well, let me, how do I want to phrase that? In our space, we kind of have to pick a side in that, 
we could either be entirely random and talk about whatever's on top of our mind, but that conflicts with kind of the point of the show, right? And that was, it's still to this day, it's it's something that I haven't quite solved for yet because I do kind of like the randomness and maybe maybe if Dylan has enough free time in the future, maybe we'll have a random show of just whatever is top of mind, top of news. Just I would entirely- literally love to start like a tech casual random podcast <laughs> like literally you heard it here first you know just all the things that like i hold back on talking on this podcast about that like i want to talk about uh which we actually still end up talking about we just turn it into the after show but yes you know <laughs> i would like to not feel bad about that like i would love to have like a cortex style podcast it's just like what's going on let's talk about it. let's go deep um could be about anything i would love to have that but but to your point when you do have li- limited capacity you got to make a decision, you know, and I think that's right. okay. It has to be to do something like that. And this is, this is one decision that I had to make early on. Something I had to really reconcile was that if you're going to do something like this, that is episodic, it comes out the same time every week, practically the same hour we record the same time every week, unless we had guests, in which case we'd pick a different day of the week as the guests availability changed. Like, you have to make a commitment to that. Like yes. it's not just something that we just decide, Hey, Hey Dylan, you, you up, you, you want to <laughs> record, you know, or you know what you doing, you know, WYD yeah. want to record slide like, to the DMS. Would, right. Like, yeah, I don't slide into Dylan's DMS and say, Hey, you want to record real quick? What's up? <laughs> you know, we don't, we have to plan all of this out. We have to plan it against, you know, my schedule, which is, probably more complicated than Dylan's in different and strange ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> we have to plan it against uh, our guests schedules, which, you know, could, we could end up scheduling a guest six weeks out because that's the first time that we were all ready to sit down together. You know, like there's a lot of, when you have a weekly or a two week episode, episodic show of this type, there's a lot of commitment and planning that has to go into it to make it consistent because the last thing any listener is going to want is a show that is not consistent. Or maybe I'm projecting, but I feel I'm pretty sure that's the case, right? Like whatever that pattern is, it has to be the same, right? And Yeah, I think the expectations matter. <laughs> right. So if we were to build a second thing that is kind of just – Hashtag random, hashtag podcast, hashtag cool, bruh. Um, you would still have to apply those same rules. And I think for the two of us, we can effectively fit one of those in. But to fit two in, we have. I think we have to give something up. And either that's we don't have guests on the primary show because that takes up too much additional time in the week. Or we make the shows every two weeks or something. Like there's only... There's a, there's a very finite number of hours in the week, and it's generally like one to two most of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, where there's there actual one week, overlap. Right. There was one week where I think we did three shows in a week, which is great for the the buffer, as they may may or may not call it, where you can schedule release you can schedule shows to release in the future, and then you can like take a week off if you need to, right? Like you have the ability to do so, but when you have two independent shows like that now all of a sudden it gets a little bit more difficult, right? Like I, I have a, a hyper casual podcast with a friend of mine that we record once every two weeks on Sunday night. And that's as much as I can devote to it because of like the type of show it is. I don't have, I don't have any additional time to make it a weekly thing. 
to or to or anything of the sort because you know we both you and I have other more shall we say pressing commitments right yeah. and yeah. if if we were to decide like if we were to pull a cortex and make podcasting our thing right the, yeah, the wonderful Mike Hurley co-host yeah. of Cortex co-founder of Relay FM the now impressively diverse uh podcast network right like in order to make that kind of thing happen he had to go all in on it like he left his cushy bank job some years ago now to to do it took a massive risk but that was the only way he was going to be able to actually put in the time needed to make that kind of diversity happen and so even just for us and two shows something's got to give Something's yeah, I, I think I think, that's I, a, think, I think that's a reference. That's a, that's a music. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I, I think too many people, and again, I'm going to approach it from the perspective of the industry that me and you are very familiar with, which is the Amazon world. A lot of people do these types of things for the income, which I think is okay. I don't, again, there's nothing wrong with being like a professional podcaster, but this is not what we're doing. Like again, we talked about first and second order thinking earlier, and this, you know podcasting for me has a second order effect, not a first order effect. And so I think a lot of people think that if you're a founder in the Amazon space, that you're just a lifestyle person. It's not true. Um, like I actively am building a non lifestyle business. <laughs> like we just talked about me trying to optimize my life to be able to effectively work 80 hours a week. So lifestyle is out the door. Um, and to just say you have tons of free time, I think is, is a flawed concept. I think too many people misuse their time. They don't value it enough. And I've been, you know, I've done that quite a bit myself. Um, but I'm, I'm fixing that. Right. And so now like, dude, I mean, so much going on, right? Like about to hire three people, um, shipping a feature, jumping into a whole new platform from the ground up venture. Like I got a lot going on and I actually have a second company that I also have ownership in. <laughs> so like, you know, kind of busy, kind of got a lot of context going on. So I think it's important to understand when you got a lot of different plates spinning, sometimes you need to take the smaller wins, set them off to the side and say, Hey, this doesn't make sense. You know, we need to restructure some things to have the most um, impact in aggregate. And that's kind of what we're doing, right? It's just, it's a restructuring that way we can, again, this is why I don't like hustle, right? Like you need to be able to take a step back and say, what makes the most sense in aggregate here, restructure the deck, so to speak, and then get back at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So all of this is to say that as much as we enjoy the fine quality, welcome to growth program that you're listening to right now, we need to make room for <laughs> the next thing. And exactly. it's, it's not fair of us to phone in to, half-assed efforts on two shows right we yeah, would rather whole it. ass one show that's a reference <laughs> uh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> i'm going I'm, I'm all over these yeah you're on point you're on point um and you know to to really hit the whole meta point of this program right this is growth right this is what growth can look like it is sometimes it's a little little spicy right sometimes it, it involves cutting some things out but like we've like we've always joked welcome to growth right welcome to business this is i feel like this show is naturally coming to an end like it's less of us forcing it and more of all right 
here is a live example of growth in all of its gnarliness. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes things you have, you know, you have to make hard choices and it's fine. I'm excited for what is coming up next. Yep. Um, I was about I, to say like, this I, is a positive thing. <laughs> I know it sounds yes, super no, negative right now, but like, I know this is literally like a massive positive change that absolutely. we are both excited for that we get to have, to be frank, like, better guest on that would just fit better, right? Like it's easier to reach out to, you know, higher value people to be frank. Not that anybody that has been on our show on this show is undervalued. <laughs> Obviously we love everybody, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. Like there's some people that like you would love to have on, but like it just wouldn't be a great fit for like kind of the audience you have. And so like, we gotta, we gotta start from scratch there and, and build that up. And, and there's so many other things we want to be able to do. Um, and so just having a different brand makes a ton, a ton of sense. Exactly. So yeah, no, the, the way I'm describing it makes it sound super, super sad and <laughs> negative, but I think it's, that's just because it's still early for me and I'm, sure. I'm like 80% with it. So don't take my tone as how I'm feeling about this. This is just me just saying some words ne- neutrally. It's, it's fine. I am actually really stoked, but I think at this point there, there's not a whole lot else. I don't think we can say yet about this there's there's still a lot that's still in in motion in limbo so to speak stuff that has to be fleshed out i think what'll likely happen is once this show ends the the show will go uh inactive on all of the podcast feeds but will still continue to exist in its current form nothing about this is going to change all of the the back catalog will still be there i have no plans on taking it down storage is cheap right the platform is cost me all the same whether we have two shows or 900 so it doesn't really matter to me at all it doesn't really matter to dylan at all it's great for the seo whatever that is worth these days um so if you want to go back and listen to past episodes we're not going to stop you at all whatsoever and i think i th- i think we'll pull what dylan did with wholesale made easy when we are ready to bring the new show to life we'll drop in a little a little bonus sliver of audio as long as you're subscribed you should get it i don't see why you wouldn't and that'll be it and you'll find us on our new program whatever it's called i mean i know what it's called but i can't tell you what it's called yet (laughs) exactly um and that's that if you if you follow either of us anywhere i don't know how to follow dylan these days now that amz weekly is gone but if you shameless plug give me your dang email.com I will make more announcements there as things progress. You know, I've shared every podcast episode there every week as well. So any podcast related news that's relevant will show up there as well. So again, give me your dang email.com, please. Not give me your dang email, please. This is uh, not a request. It is a command. Give me your dang email.com. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, just... TLDR, we're shutting down this pod, creating a new one that that actually, you know, yeah. is is in alignment with business pursuits as as well. Um, it's still going to have the same kind of casualness that we approach the thing with. Obviously, we're just going to have a different type of guest on, building it for a different type of audience. To be frank, um, and yeah, I think it's I think it's a net positive. Pretty pumped. Um, I think the past few weeks have kind of been a restructuring, like I mentioned, and that's never a bad thing. No, not at all. That's all I got, man. I know. You want to take us out with something spicy since this is the last show? Yeah, yeah. I so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of harp on something that I've always harped on, but like 
I got my it's, bell ready. It's, it's, it's contextual here. Um, and I already mentioned it, but understand when to play chestnut checkers and understand the fact that a lot of people are acting as if they are, but they never actually execute on it. And I think it's an easy thing to be like, Oh, sometimes you gotta, you know, restack the deck and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's an easy thing to say. It's a harder thing to do. Um, not that it's actually hard. It's just, it's a, it's a shift. And a lot of people don't like to adapt or shift or, or transition. Um, but when I say play chestnut checkers, I'm encoding a lot of, of things into that simple sentence, which is be willing to actually execute on the things you want, restructure your life, move across country, um, shut some things down, close a few relationships, create some new relationships, actually do the impactful shit that's going to enable you to have the thing you keep saying you want. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to get that play in checkers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, I, I it wasn't quippy. Was it was end. real. It, that was the end. Yeah. man. It wasn't quippy. All of these, all these episodes where I tried to get you say something spicy and powerful and you're just like yahtzee i don't know or you <laughs> yeah, know like well, I, I was saving it for the last episode buy war bonds and there's another reference <laughs> buy um, war bonds. <laughs> nobody under the age of 90 will understand that <laughs> that's great those 40s things the only 40s kids will understand uh, <laughs> am i right <laughs> jesus oh great. man this has been this has been something else i tell nice. you this has been good. Yeah. God, I'm so pissed. Are you just, are, are you just like lingering because you don't want to, to stop? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it to end. This is just this hit it. Been, just hit. Just hit it. Close that, that stop button. It's 118 done. on the dot. 118 on the dot. Now, now, 